League of Dawn's members and our listeners all across the globe from Singapore to Europe uh, to, of course, right here in the United States and specifically the Pacific Northwest. Welcome back to another episode of the League of Dawn's pod. And this is a special uh, Tuesday episode following uh, the completion of week nine. And so before we get going here, a quick word from our sponsor. Um, They started by drafting the best tasting hazelnuts. Then they traded for the best chocolate in the game. It isn't any more complicated than that. Pure, natural, simple, and victorious. Ash Creek's chocolate-covered hazelnuts dominate the competition week in and week out. Rather than speak poorly of their competitors, they just let their products speak for themselves. They are still offering 20% off for all LOD members this season. Just punch in the code LLLOD, as in long live the League of Dawns, at checkout. Whether you're in first or last this year, the season isn't complete until you've had Ash Creek hazelnuts. Go to ashcreekoregon.com and order today. And with that, I have a very special guest for us this week. Um, I am joined by three-time Super Bowl champion and, of course, a Sauce Town uh, former Sauce Town resident, Ryan Allen. Ryan, what's up, fellas? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. How's life, my man? Dude, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Just uh, out here in Portland, like a, a good portion of of the league is. It's uh, it's funny that the timing was perfect. I hit you up on, I think it was Friday, not knowing entirely what was going on, and right. you were going in for a tryout in Nashville the next day, which was had no idea that was going on until we uh, the league was pretty excited actually when we saw that on on Twitter, but t- take us through your, your last few days. I mean, pretty, pretty exciting. Punted the ball, uh, obviously got picked up, punted the ball a lot on, I think eight times on Sunday, but take us through that kind of the last 72 hours. Yeah, it's um, shoot. It's been a long one. I'm still catching up on a little bit of sleep, but uh, yeah. Uh, one just crazy year with the whole COVID uh, situation. Um, uh, protocols in the NFL are, uh, you know, pretty strict. So, I remember last Sunday, um, I had the family over and I was watching my sister's three kids making them enchiladas. And I got a call from uh, uh, Steven Goskowski, the the kicker who's currently here with the Titans, who I had played with in New England um, during my tenure out there. And uh, he just basically was like, hey, our punter broke his wrist, so might want to contact with these guys and see what's going on and um long story short got a got a call and they you know flew me and a few other guys out here um and we basically had to sit in a hotel all week and each morning we would have to wake up early go do our COVID test and then we'd have nothing the rest of the day we just have to kill time and um luckily I could I could go out to Steven's house and jump on his Peloton and get a workout in or something like that so that was kind of I, I think gave me a little bit of a, um, you know, beneficiary factor going into like the workout Saturday, but basically I had to kill all week until Saturday morning. We had a, I think our workout. Ryan, I lost you there. Ryan, can you hear me? You there? There can we go. 
Yep, I got you. We we cut out there, but we left off. You were um, there. We go. Kind, kind of there. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. We cut out there. Uh, you you were uh, left off. You were kind of hanging out with Stephen most of the week in the hotel um, a lot of the time through Saturday, and then kind of take us through Saturday morning. Yeah. So basically, Saturday morning was they picked us up from at five fifty from the hotel room. Um, uh, had to go do one more COVID test. And then we basically did our work at, out at six 45 in the morning, sun's barely up, but you know, did a, did a minimal work next day. So, um, it was a, um, it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty crazy quick of a turnaround. Um, haven't really done or experienced that yet, but yeah, ended up um, doing fairly well in the in the workout, and they ended up choosing me, and so I jumped right in meetings with the whole team right away, and um, you know, uh, the rest of the day kind of like got my bearings, and you know, signed the contract, and you know, got my iPad, looked over, you know, our our roster, tried to get a, a feel for who my gunners were, snapper, and and all that kind of stuff, and then I was had to head to the team hotel the night before, and. Um, yeah. And then the, you know, the next morning we're head to the stadium and we ended up playing and it was crazy how, how, you know, busy we were on special teams. Um, wasn't really expecting that, but uh, yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun to get back out there and, and swing the leg again. I, I didn't feel as fresh as I wanted to, but that's kind of understandable given the, you know, the, the schedule of the workout and the day before and all that. So um, yeah, looking forward to Thursday night though. It should be a good game. Yeah, quick turnaround. And then, yeah, with you guys facing the Bears, which is obviously a, a tough defense, got a lot of action punting the ball. And if I if I recall, I think you averaged 50 a punt. So I know you said you were maybe maybe not as loose as you hope, but certainly solid numbers. Um, you, you, you mentioned you get in there. This is kind of interesting. And you study your gunners and, and your snapper. Like what is does that does that affect the way you punt like what does that do to your to your strategy knowing who your gunners are and obviously your snapper um probably just want to get used to the way the ball's coming at you but take us through that a little bit yeah de- definitely um so always you want to know kind of um you know back when i was in new england i had i had great specialists so i had matthews and um you in good communication with your outside perimeter players so your gunners the guy the flyers that are running down trying to down the ball before everybody else you want to really know who you know who they're going against and what their kind of mo you know their points of emphasis are um and and i just needed to know their names shoot i didn't i i don't know anybody i'm trying to still figure out everybody on the team's names and all that kind of stuff but um just to be able to communicate with those guys on the sideline on how they're being played out there. If, if, if one of them's getting doubled or um, one of the guys is guarding my gunner way on the inside and he's got a release to the outside, I want to make sure I know, you know, where to be. Cause you want to be, you know, I right here and I put it in the middle or the right side of the field where, you know, that miscommunication right there is going to, cause you some some return yards on there so um yeah it, it it's uh it's always good to be in tune with you know who your guys are and and um there's certain there's certain moments in games sometimes where you can look out there and you, you you'll make a change call and sometimes i'll be wanting to go left but 
we'll we'll have somebody new on uh, on the opposing team who's not as good and he may be lined up on the right side well we're going to take our chances punting to that direction because one of our gunners is probably going to have an easier time beating that new guy down the field in comparison to maybe some of these other corners who are really good at guarding some of these guys you know, you're always trying to find that little edge. Um, it, this game is about finding any little um, edge or, or better opportunity for your team, whether it be, you know, whether it's uh, a specific player, um, a play, um, a design, a play. So um, all those little things matter, even in the, even in the kicking game. But yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I never thought about that stuff. I think as a fan, we just kind of assume like, the, the coach goes, well, we're doing punt left this time. Oh, we're doing punt right this time. And I didn't realize there was kind of a, a lot of on-the-fly on adjustments like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to, kind of, to kind of rewind, let's talk uh, before this, uh, before you were signed by the Titans here a few days ago, what, is, what does that look like for you when you're, you're obviously in a state of, like, I need to be ready when this call comes, have you been, have you been staying in, in Oregon? Or I, I know you train down in California sometimes, but what, what do you, obviously as a punter, you, you can only, you know, you can only punt the ball so many times each day before, you know, your, your leg falls off, I would think. So what kind of different workouts and, and stuff like that are you doing as a punter to stay both physically and mentally ready for that call to come in? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Um, it's kind of like golf, right? You can't, you go out to the driving range, there's a, there's a hit count, right? Um, after that right. hit count, you're probably going to start sacrificing your technique a little bit. So um, uh, for me, I, I have one of those jugs machines um, that shoots the ball at you and I'll have my wife, um, Emily shoot. If, if she's the only one around or whatnot, she knows how to kind of operate that thing. And I'll have her in the backyard kind of shooting the jugs at me so I can still maintain that um, timing of, you know, when I take my first step, as I'm reaching out and catching the ball. Cause you know, our operation as a punter is 1.27 seconds to 1.35 at the, at the slowest you want to be. So you got basically 1.3 seconds to catch the ball, get a little momentum with your steps, you know, and take two and a half steps and, and kick the ball. So you don't have that long. So those, you know, keeping that rhythm and timing down is I would say 80% of, of what you want to be focused on when, you know, maybe you're on the streets like I was and you don't have a job yet and you could be called at any time that rhythm and, and um, timing is, I feel like is, is the most important thing you could have. And then as far as just staying in shape, I mean, shoot, I'll, I'll, I'll do some workouts on the Peloton bike or I'll go for, you know, I'll go for a run. And um, uh, I don't really get it. The only, the hardest thing though, is, is not being able to kick with the snap. So, I can't get that jugs machine mm-hmm. out to a part. And so basically if I'm catching on the jugs machine, it's just me in the backyard catching it. And then when I go to kick, I'm just spinning it out of my hands and kicking. So um, for the last 10 months, I've either been kicking it out of my hand or, you know, catching the ball off the jugs machine. And then when you, when you get called all of a sudden, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta just put it all together at the blink of an eye. And, yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of surreal and it happens fast, but uh you know, it's, it, that's what makes it exciting though. It's fun. Yeah. What, one question I know that the league has discussed, the, the, the league of Dons uh, has discussed quite often 
is is why has there never been a Ryan Allen fake punt pass in six years in New England? Bill never gave you the fake punt pass, and then none this year. Like, what's have you campaigned for that, or what's going on? You know, oh yeah, I've uh, uh, I've been um, lobbying for. I shoot, Steve Steve Dostowski was just talking about oh, this today at practice. Um, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So basically it, w- with the new England situation, the problem is, is when you got Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Rob Gronkowski, um, d- those are, I mean, I could keep going on and on, but w- the, our philosophy there was if we really need to fake it or go for it and continue the drive, we're better off keeping our offense out there for a fourth down play than, you know, the element of surprise. And, you know, it gets really windy, cold, rainy out there. Uh, the elements play a big part in that. And it's not so much that Steve and, and I aren't able to execute a fake punt. We've had stuff um, in the game plan for several weeks, but it's, it's, it's only going to be called if a perfect look comes up. And, you know, we can, we can all, you know, make that call. But I think in the entire six years that I played in New England, um, we only ran one punt fake. And that was with Nate Ebner. It was at home versus Miami. And he ended up tearing his ACL on it, which was a, which was a bum deal. But all, all that, you know, I say all that to, to preface the idea that they weren't really big into using a specialist or the special teams unit to run a fake when they can just put one of the better offenses in the league out there for an extra play. So that was kind of really like the, it's a bum deal. It, it'd be really fun to, you know, throw a pass or I I've always wanted to do the one where you'll see a lot of these punt return teams, you know, there's always a guy, Matt, that's supposed to kind of keep his eye on the ball and make sure the ball's delivered from the punter. Mm-hmm. But some guys get lazy. If that's a young guy, and their 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 job is is to make sure the ball's kicked, and then after that, they still have to find their man that they have to block downfield. So those guys will get lazy sometimes and kind of flip their hips and start running back downfield before the ball's kicked. And I've been, I mean, I've been watching every single year. There's been multiple teams where I'm like, if I just would have kept my eyes up a little bit and tucked it and ran to the right or left, there's no way I'm not getting 25 to 30 yards before someone's figuring it out. But it's just a, it's all you never know when those players are going to do that and stuff. So you got to be pretty ballsy to try to do that on your own without telling coaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To get to, to go 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 off script with 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 Bill as your coach there, you better be damn sure you're you're getting at least getting the first down out of it. Oh, but tell me about it. Now I would never pull that. Maybe in Atlanta last year, I think that was going to be my best bet to try to go off script and just go rogue on them. But. Uh, <laughs> That's speaking of uh, speaking of fake punts, the the guy that pr- perhaps does the, the most of them in the entire league, uh, Johnny Hecker, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty crazy. As, as an Oregon State fan, I know you were only there briefly, but you're, yourself the the only I think you're still the only two time uh, Ray Guy winner, and then Johnny, who I believe is still the richest punter contract in NFL history. Are are, are you guys boys? Do you do you stay in touch with each other and and and, and talk a lot. Uh, def- I know you faced off in the Super Bowl a few years ago as well. Yeah, definitely. We uh, we've always been close. Johnny and I had a really big, um, at least for me, um, 
a really big part in our development. When we were younger and him and I were in Oregon State, dude, we were like two chickens with our heads cut off. He was a quarterback. <laughs> I was a soccer player and, and basketball. You know, I was more into mostly into basketball at the time. And, you know, we were both pretty you know, overall like coordinated and stuff. And so we were just two kids watching a bunch of the other guys in the pack 12, all the rest of the punters, we'd watch their film and we would just push each other every single day to, to learn and get better. And, you know, the, the reason why him and I, I feel like got pretty good, pretty fast. It was, we were able to keep that friendship and still be competitive at the same time and really help one another. Cause we have different styles. I mean, shoot, that, that kid's almost, that guy's six, about six, six, and I'm six, two. And we, our fundamentals and our forms are a bit different, but we were able to always, you know, work with one another and kind of push one another. But uh, um, yeah, he, uh, him and I do, we, we stay in touch. And, um, you know, that was, it was pretty, pretty amazing to be able to play against each other in the Super Bowl when, you know, we look back at it and him and I actually two days before that Super Bowl game, him and I just spent some time together by ourselves in Atlanta and we went to the uh, Georgia Aquarium together and it was just him and I and we were just, you know, laughing about old times and talking about how, you know, we used to sit in the dorm room watching John Ryan's YouTube punt videos and we, us two probably never thought we would be where we were today and we were both you know, in a couple of hours or, you know, in a matter of days, we were going to play each other in the Super Bowl. So, you know, pretty crazy how that, you know, circle ended up coming back and we, we met at one of the biggest stages in, in football. So uh, yeah, it's special, man. Uh, him and I's relationship is, you know, we, sometimes that we go a little while before we end up linking back up again, but Johnny's always been a good friend of mine and, you know, special to me. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. Going from, you know, two walk on guys at Oregon State in like you said, hanging in the dorm rooms to you're on the, the biggest biggest stage in sports together punting for opposing teams. So yeah, that's crazy. It is. And that and, and that was arguably I mean, I at least on a big stage, that was arguably arguably the greatest game of your career as well. Yeah, yeah, we ended up. Uh, we, I we I had a good game that game, and our our Matt Slater, our, my one of my gunners, made a couple great plays to keep that ball, you know, inside the you know seven. I think we had a couple inside the seven or six yard line like that, and um, we uh, it, shoot that game was a punt off. Used the other couple. I, I remember the last Super Bowl we were in in against um, Atlanta, right? Well, the no, the well, one that the we Seahawks lost. Too. Well, the one that we lost in Minnesota. Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we there was one punt total. I didn't even punt in the whole game, and and so uh, and the other one, Seattle. I think I had like five punts, but usually those games, it's so interesting. They it, they just didn't seem like they were they were driven by special teams um, exchanges. Like there, there's always. I think you get so much, you get these offensive powers and um, it was interesting that it, me and Johnny, the year that Johnny and I played against each other, it was um, shoot. I think he had, I, he, he may have had like seven or eight punts. I think I had five or six, but the game was largely defense and special teams for the most part. So it was, it was actually super exciting to actually have like, to play a large role in one of those big games like that. Cause usually it's not, I mean, the game before that, when we played in KC, I had two punts, um, those playoff games. It, it's interesting. You don't, you would think you would get more of an even contest, but, um, 
even when they're even like that, you, most of the time you're seeing larger scores and, you know, not as much ball, you know, change of possession, which means punts. So, um, yeah, it was that, that was fun to play a big role in that game. Yeah, have, having played in, in, in four Super Bowls, which the other three were at least, well, at least two of them were shootouts, and that Seattle game was was fairly high scoring. But mm-hmm. looking at looking at your time with New England, obviously playing with with the GOAT QB, the GOAT coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is what, which one of those Super Bowls, or maybe it's another game, I don't know, but what, what do you look back on? It's like that was the the craziest, coolest memory of my time in, in New England. I, uh, oh man, <laughs> we, I, I could go on for a long time. On yeah. that, right there. Uh, I, I've been so blessed to be a part of that organization, just, you know, to start my career out there and even to just, um, be a part of that organization and to learn from bill and the way he, or, you know, manages and coaches from, you know, it, it is very, you know, driven from the military style background, but, um, I'll just never forget uh, the one that comes to mind always is it, it, we were, it was 2013. It was my rookie season week eight. We were playing Denver and Peyton Manning at home in Foxborough in Massachusetts. And the wind chill was negative eight. Uh, it was like 30 mile an hour winds. Uh, we're warming up and there's, there's a couple times where I'm dropping the ball. And when I re- like drop the ball, the, the ball's moving like, six to eight inches like to my left and so i'm trying to bring my foot up through it and it's just i'm sitting there going like as a rookie i'm like this is gonna go one of two ways either i'm gonna royally screw this thing up in this game and i'll probably be out of a job in a week or two or whatnot i mean (laughs) the the anxiety (laughs) and the stress and nerves and stuff are just at an all-time high but anyway we we get our our tails handed to us the first quarter or first half we're down by like 20 points bill comes in at halftime and i'm i'm sitting here going well, okay this is the first time we're like losing we've done we're, we're both of these teams are undefeated this was like a huge game on sunday night and i'm like i wonder what he's gonna say and bill came in here in the locker room calm as a clam and he's like look guys don't we're not looking at the scoreboard the scoreboard doesn't mean anything we have plenty of possessions to slowly make it back but all we got to do is string plays together and gets a little bit of momentum on these drives because that's ultimately what pushes the ball down the field we can't be stalling out or anything but he he just said string plays together and little by little we'll make it back up and sure as hell we go out there and little by little we keep you know inching back well we go into overtime and this is like the most bill belichick thing i've you know there's more too but this is one of the strongest ones is uh we go into overtime and the wind and weather is so bad bill chooses to give the ball to peyton manning in overtime and in overtime rules who if you go down and score right away there the other team doesn't even get a shot this was before the new overtime rules yeah, yeah right? yep. and so like it, it like it was a it was an extreme um risk to give peyton manning and them they had wes welker they still i mean they were they were pretty studly back in the day um and bill literally gave me and steve the wind in overtime knowing that if we get if this gets to be a shootout, at least we have the weather with us. And if we need to kick a field goal, we're not stuck kicking into the open end where a 35 yard field goal is like pretty difficult. And to a, a professional kicker, that's not 
that's not far at all. But in a wind and weather game like that, that was that's about as far right. as you're going to even attempt that way. So he ends up taking the, the the wind, and by God, we go back and forth for eight, nine minutes or whatever it was, and I ended up punting a ball with like two minutes left, and I just cranked it as hard as I could up in the air to just let that wind take it and do whatever, you know. Once it's up in the air, it's the returner's problem, you know, in those nasty weather games like that. So I kicked it to Wes Welker. Wes Welker wanted nothing to do with it. He peters it which means he just lets it hit the ground while it bounces, hits one of their players. We scoop it up and we jump on it and it's, you know, we're 30 yards away. And so we ended up running it down and we end up winning in overtime basically because Bill gave his kicker and punter the, the wind instead of the ball. And so it's like those kind of like, they're just savvy out there. Like him, the way that Bill and, and Ernie, his right hand man that sits up in the box right there, they're, you know, that that interception that Malcolm Butler had in the Seattle Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched that, like, three games to glory or whatever when they were talking about, um, you know, our practice that week going into the Super Bowl uh, against the Seahawks and how we got beat on that up and under rub route on the goal line. We had gotten beaten by that for, like, multiple weeks. And Ernie, um, Bill's college roommate, who basically is, like, you know, the brains behind the operation over there designed a couple of, you know, little rub route plays that they could potentially run that they probably would. And sure enough, um, uh, what uh, Brandon Browner and Malcolm Butler were able to work on that. And they got beat all week in practice with it. And the one time they actually jump it at the right time was when we needed to. And we ended up winning the Super Bowl because of that. So it's like, there's just so many moments where, you're sitting there going like, there's no way like he's just being, you know, um, anal about things, right? Like he's just, he's, he's nit, he's so nitpicky. He couldn't possibly, that couldn't possibly be a big deal. And it always, I mean, more times than not, it's, and you know, you'll end up seeing it on film the next day and, and you're, you just shake your head being like, well, that's, that's Bill Belichick for you. So it's it's crazy, man. It's it, it was what a ride to to be a part of that organization for as long as I was. Yeah, it is with Bill. It's the it just even as as a fan, you get to watch some of the mic'd up and stuff, and like the the attention to detail is just absurd. Like the the one I think of, I think it was I forget which Super Bowl it was, but it was in a dome, and they cut Bill's mic'd up talking to the ref, and Bill's like pissed off because the he thought the roof was going to be fully closed at kickoff time. And there was like a slight sliver of the roof that was still open. And he was like worried that that was going to mess with the, the trajectory of the ball on kick, just on, on kicks yeah. and things like that. Just like little stuff that I don't think, I mean, you know, obviously a, a heck of a lot better than, than I do, but stuff that I don't think that, that a lot of others probably um, would notice. And it certainly is, has paid off time and time again. And you alluded to this, this Bronco game, you brought that up. I actually pulled up the box score. And I, I now that you mentioned it, I vividly remember this game when you punted it and, and it kicked off the guy and, and Bill uh, choosing to, to kick off in overtime, just unorthodox yeah. moves. Totally. Like that. Yep. Um, couple, uh, couple rapid fire questions sure. for you. Who's your, who's your favorite teammate that you've played with, or maybe a guy that, that's, that, 
that uh, our listeners wouldn't know about that you're like that guy was an awesome player he was a great teammate or yeah oh that's tough I've, I've played with some good ones um off the top of my head the one that i um i think has an interesting story and i'm pretty close with is uh nate ebner nate is a um didn't release uh he played rugby all growing up um uh, is from Ohio, uh, went to Ohio state and was on their rugby team. And, uh, uh, the coach, the football coach at the time ended up getting Nate to come out and Nate ended up really excelling in football, um, ends up getting a shot and, and gets, uh, picked up by the Patriots. And, um, Nate actually played, I, I believe it was 2000 and was it 17 or 16? Nate played in the summer Olympics for the USA rugby team a few years ago and basically took all OTAs off and Bill Belichick let him go and compete in the summer Olympics with the USA um, men's rugby team. And um, we got to all watch it and stuff. But anyway, Nate and I are good buddies and uh, a heck of an athlete, man. The guys, the guys actually kicked an onside kick for us. Um, the most well-rounded, coordinated, um, strong, physical player. Very, very – I mean, I don't even think if you have him – he's with the Giants now. The Giants don't even need really a special teams coach because Nate could basically run all four phases of special teams because he's just that intelligent with it and he understands each position. And so he's a pretty um, – he's a player that, I, you know, off, off, you know, off the jump – uh, some people aren't going to know about, but once you read about him and, and, and hear more about him and watch him play, uh, he's a stud, man. <laughs> and you're, and you're, and you're buddies with him yeah, too, right? Yeah. Probably, I think I've seen him on your Instagram. And yeah. Stuff like yeah. That. He's a great guy. He, um, he was able yeah. to, uh, he was at my, our, my bachelor party with, uh, you know, some of those guys like Andre and, and some of those guys were, we all went to Whistler and stuff um, this last off season. And uh, yeah, Nate, Nate's a great, great guy, great athlete, great, you know, story behind him and, and, you know, hearing him talk about his other uh, experiences, you know, when he was younger and, and getting into rugby and stuff, it uh, pretty, pretty special football player there with a lot of knowledge behind him and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's gotta be, gotta be one of my favorite players I ended up getting close with and played with and, you know, really, really respect for, you know, how he approaches the game and takes it seriously. And, and um, yeah, he's a stud, man. Yeah. Very nice. Now but put, put, put yourself in the kind of in the boots of a, of an NFL fan, but that just happens to be standing on the sideline uh-huh. every game. Who is your favorite guy to watch? That's not, not, not on yeah. your team, but, but that you, you've played against that you're like, holy shit, this is the big time. Like this guy is incredible to watch out there. Yeah. Ooh, that's, let me think about that for a minute. The, well, it, one, Marshawn Lynch was kind of like a, you know, the running back position is, is you didn't see very many, it, like at least in my time. And when I was watching, he was one guy that, there was just something different going on on the field when he, when he ran the ball and his size and what he was able to do. It's kind of like Derrick Henry a little bit. Um, I don't want to say he's, I see maybe a little more aggression from, you know, out of Marshawn when he would run, but there was, there was a lot of recklessness and carelessness when he ran the ball and it like did, it just was that way. It was just fun, fun to watch that guy run. And then as far as receivers, go Julio Jones was I'll never forget that Atlanta Super Bowl and a few of those catches he made 
at the, at some key moments and how he caught it over some players. I'm like, uh, what do you? That one that got that one that got reviewed along the sideline yes. where they called it incomplete. Yeah. That was one of the absurd most absurd catches. catches in that situation yes, too. Dude. It was incredible. It's literally like you, that made me chuckle even up when I was on the opposing team playing against him. I was like. What do you do? You don't do anything. You can't do anything. You no. did as, as good as you could, but his length, his power, his speed, it's like there's it's it's like Rob Gronkowski and some of these old um tight ends and stuff. There every every handful of years, dude, there's a few players that come into the league that are just like they're on a different caliber and and everybody in the NFL like I I just said it coming to Tennessee, the guy, the size and athleticism that's even in Tennessee was significant, is significantly bigger than the guys I played with in New England. And whether I may, you know, I don't know why that was or whatnot, but it just seems like, I mean, everybody in the NFL is, is insane athletes, but then there's like this other elite category that there's not very many of them out there, but it's, it is, it's the, it's the Julio Jones and the, the Rob Gronkowski's and the ones where you got to double and triple team those guys. And you don't really have a choice because it's, you know, one guy can't guard him. So. Yeah. Like, like you, like you said, that's one that watching on TV every Sunday as a fan that strikes me as your teammate, yeah. Derek Henry, because it, it's, it, it's rare. You're looking at a field that has, the biggest, fastest, strongest athletes on the planet. And this guy still just looks like a man among yep. boys out there. Like th- th- There's times it looks like he's like the kid in middle school who hit his yeah. growth spurt earlier than yeah. everyone. And he's faster than everybody too. It's uh, watching Derrick Henry is just astounding. Every it is, Sunday. man. He is. He's but, like uh, the, he's like the kid whose parents held him back for three years and he's new. He's new in town yeah. and everybody's questioning whether he's the same age as everybody else. It's like <laughs> pa- parents are worried about their kids getting hurt They're, They want to see his birth yeah, certificate. Totally. All that. Totally. He, he actually, hey, he was getting dressed in, in the law, lo- uh, in the locker room on Sunday and he didn't have his pads on yet. And he walked by me and I'm like, Dude, his bicep is literally as big as my head. Like literally as big as my head. And I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm I'm not my body was not meant to be an NFL player. I don't know how I'm I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then that guy on top of that is also faster than everybody. But uh so no, another question for you. What what is obviously aside from New England, the, the as far as games you played on the road, what is your favorite place to play? Or what was just a combination of fans, atmosphere, stadium? What what's the coolest place as far as a game day experience that you played at? Ryan? Ryan, did I lose you? All right. All right. You there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. I can hear you. Cool. 
Yeah, so we we left off. I was asking you, what, what's your as far as a combination of stadium, game day experience, fans, etc. What, what what's the coolest place you played as as, as an opposing player? Uh, great question. Uh, two top two hands down. Um, as good as Foxborough and Gillette Stadium was for New England, um, hands down, envi- best environment, Kansas City, no question. Uh, loudest, I mean that place is so loud um and it's got that traditional three level bowl deep bowls type of situation going you know layout of their stadium it's outside so you get the weather um and it's cold and windy in postseason it's just like the epitome of that and then i've only gotten to play in green bay one time but we did play and it was a snow game um a light snow game there and the walk uh that stadium and that whole atmosphere, I mean, you pull up and the, the you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. You don't even see the stadium. And all of a sudden you're in like this real flat area of like farm fields and you just, uh, Matt, you've been there, right? Yeah. I actually, I, f- I finally made my first trip there in, uh, in, in last December. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that play, I love it there. Like that was one of my, uh, I had a back, I had a defensive end, Rob Ninkovich snapping the ball to me that game. Cause our snapper was hurt. So that was a pretty difficult game for me, but as far as the atmosphere there and playing against, you know, Rogers and, uh, you know, watching Tom and Rogers going back and forth and stuff. Um, just so cool. The nostalgia and the, you know, um, the history that, that, that place and that that area has uh you know in correlation with the nfl and 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 all that was just it was pretty special and in the walk too from the locker room you walk from the locker room and there you're under the stadium and it's this like old you would think you're in like it's like 1950 still they've got these like white painted boards and i don't even know how some of the big linemen fit in this little hallway but it's this long zigzagging hallway and it's probably like three and a half feet, four feet wide, maybe. And it's this like extra long, really cold walk that spits you out at the very um, end of the stadium. Um, And it was just, I remember walking that as we were about ready to like begin the game and the whole crowd was roaring and, and everything. And it just, you know, gives me chills right now thinking about it and stuff because it's what you see on TV or, or what they, you know, um, reenact in a movie or something like that. It's just, it was, it was surreal, but, uh, yeah, K- Kansas city arrowhead stadium and, and Lambeau field take, take the cake on that. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm not, I've, I'm not going to go on and on about Lambeau cause I'm a Packer fan and the whole, our listeners will just call me a Homer if I nah, talk about it's, it too it's, much. It's the real deal though, but it is it really pretty cool. Is. It's, yeah. rad. it's rad. Do you? Hey, I gotta ask you because this is a this is a, a fantasy football league podcast. Do you play fantasy yourself, dude? I've never played fantasy football, ever. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get you on the wait list for the for the league of dawns. So are, are you guys are, are you allowed to if there's money on the line, or do you have to like be no money involved? Uh, if it's if it's within a group, like if I don't know how you guys construct your league or whatever, but if you're if a group of guys do their own league and we all put money in a pot or something like that. I'm almost positive that there's no repercussions of that. They just don't want us game. Like there can't be any gambling or like actual sports betting through, you know, sports books and stuff like that, where like, it's like money line, 
you know, point. They don't, they don't want any of that going on. But I don't think fantasy has any restrict. Like fantasy football has any restrictions on that. I could be wrong, but um, eventually, yeah, I would love to do that. That would be fun. I'm, I'm gonna have to get a like crash course on how to do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, talk to your. Uh, we'll get you on the wait list, but talk to your agent or your or an attorney first. I do not want our. I do not <laughs> yeah. want our league to be the reason that you get a that you get a lifetime ban from the NFL. Right, I can't no have kidding. that on my on my conscience. Right, That's great. <laughs> well, with that, man, I I, I don't have. Uh, thank thanks for joining us. Of course, I know you you've been to three uh excuse me four super bowl media days but obviously this is the the biggest interview you've ever done so uh def i'd way rather be doing this type of thing with uh, (laughs) some some guys i go way back in the day with so uh, it's always enjoyable i appreciate you having me man yeah absolutely and uh just so you i I know you know a lot of guys in the league from i'll just read you my my brother mark mason hui tran dylan branch clayton coin jordan coleman justin lairbaum justin rose Eric Gunderson, Matt Long, and Brent Ketty. Uh, before we let you go, uh, you, you want to give a shout out or say what's up to anybody back in in Salem and Portland and surrounding areas? Shoot, man, I uh, yeah, all those guys, man. I was I was going to ask you how your parents are doing everything from all those days and Eric Gunderson and all them, all of us playing backyard baseball on the computer and playing wiffle ball out in your front yard, dude. I remember all of it. So, yep. good times, man. It made me made me who I was and and who I am today and you know, um, it'd be good to see all you guys once I'm back home. We'll have to we'll have to plan something where we can all get together and have a few beers or something. Absolutely. And and you're still your uh, kind of home base is still Wilsonville, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Once the uh, once the season's over, let's let's definitely um, get together and have have a few brewskis and catch up. Yeah, would love that, man. Would love that. All right, brother. Well, thanks thanks again for joining us, and uh, good good luck on the short week, forty eight hours from from kickoff. So. Get another yep. W. Yep, we'll do, man. Uh, it was it was great, uh, great chat, Matt, and uh, tell all the rest of the boys I said hello. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. We'll do. Take it easy, man. All Bye. right. Yes. Take it easy, Matt.